On this week's episode, Alan and I will be discussing the upcoming UKC Youth Nationals event before recognizing UKC's newest Hall of Fame titled Hounds. We hope you enjoy this one. You're listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast, celebrating hunting dog heritage, competition, and community. United Kennel Club has been the hunting dog sports home for coonhounds, beagles, retrievers, pointers, cur feist, and more for over 125 years. This podcast is fueled by Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. This is Trevor Wade. I'll be hosting today, and I'm joined by Alan Gingrich, the Director of Hunting Ops. How are you doing, Alan? Very well. How about you? Good. We yeah. finally got some rain out here, Yeah, huh? yeah, finally. Everything's drying up so bad around here. Yeah. I can't remember it being this dry in a, in a lot of years. Yeah. Usually when uh, when it starts drying up a little bit, is usually a little later in the year, July, August maybe, but man, this this year in June, we didn't get much rain. Right. So yeah, it was. Uh, I was glad to see that. Yeah, I think that's been kind of the uh, the story everywhere. All the uh, events I went to the past few weeks, so so dry, but a little bit of rain. This should hopefully help uh, help some tracking conditions for some hounds the well, next few weeks. Hey, that's that was what I was thinking yesterday on the way home. I said, you know what, this is going to be a good night to grab some dogs, go out and turn them loose, and yeah, we're not ready for any trials yet. I can tell you that. <laughs> we need some more work. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't want to get bogged down in the weather, but I don't know if it. I, outside you can't see a hundred yards in front of you for some reason it's so hazy or foggy or whatever it is out there it's yeah. just a little strange out there right now but what are we going to talk about today we're going to start out with uh, uh the next big major event on our ukc coonhound uh major event schedule and that is the 2023 youth nationals perfect perfect uh, yeah that's coming up uh, by the time you listen to this will be inside of three weeks i believe uh before it gets here and this is uh going to be July 21st and 22nd. That's a Friday and a Saturday. That's right. And this is the 23rd annual event of Youth Nationals. It started back in the early 2000s. Um, and it's kind of our, obviously we have a lot of state championship and breed uh, youth specific championships, but this here is the one that UKC administ- administers. And we actually give out four, we crown four national champions on this weekend here in, at the Youth Nationals event. Yeah, I think what's one thing that's cool about that is going back to the history of you talked about the start of it. You know, some of the guys that were that competed in it, folks might be surprised some of the folks they know now that have done very well in the sport, you know, that used to come to youth nationals and actually placed in it. You know, Nick Brady is one of them, a, a known or a well-known name in the coonhound world, you know, and he'd, he is placed in the youth nationals. And now he's got a, he's had a kid here a couple of years ago that is hunting in it. Things like that is just cool. We see a lot of parents now have their kids in it. Yeah, you'd probably be surprised uh, if you, if you were to sit down and go through some of the past uh, youth uh, magazines and seeing some of the winners and how that was a jumping off point for a lot of people. Yeah, um, I know you know further back than the early two thousands, may not have been a great place for youth to get involved in the sport in such a such a way where they're competing against people their own age. Uh, you know, maybe a little more more comfortable there than jumping right into the with the big the big handlers. But uh, it's actually, I think yeah. these youth programs have turned out really well, and and they've kind of catapulted people into really successful careers with dogs. They have, yeah, and have really helped a lot of kids. You know, kind of a, a entry level type of platform, and or hunting against kids and handling dogs against kids, their own skill set, own age, and I think that helps a lot of kids. You know, yeah. kind of get over that. Unlike you know when I jumped in, you know, it's uh, 
I hey. didn't have no youth. No, youth hunt. no, yeah. huge. I remember my very first uh, night hunt, and I remember it was intimidating. Yep. It was intimidating. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, this year I'm excited for it to go to Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Uh, it's going to be hosted by the North Central Kentucky Coon Hunters Club, and they're actually having it there at their clubhouse, uh, which is they they have um, a great facility by all accounts. It's there. They have a building. Uh, they have everything you need, uh, sh- plenty of shade, plenty of parking, and it's it's supposed to be a really nice facility. Very central located as far yeah. as uh, in the in the center of uh, a lot of the coon hunting of the sport, I guess, so to speak. And, and we've been there before with our world championship and uh, – uh, good byways, a big town there, a lot to do around there. Yeah. We've had the world hunt there before. Yeah. Fort Knox is there, not far from there. I got you. At the world hunt, we went there and visited Fort Knox. Played golf there, actually. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that actual address, and you can get all this from the event ad and on our uh, web calendar that's in the magazine. It's on the website, but the address is 479 Coon Hunters Lane, so that should be easy to remember. Yeah. Our part is going to remember the 479. That's right. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was interesting. You know, Kentucky, they're always in the top of our number of, you know, uh, most, uh, uh, they have successful hunts there, obviously, and shows a high entry numbers. They're one of the, they're always the leading state on number of TOC qualifiers and world qualified dogs. First time ever that Youth Nationals has yeah. been in the state of Kentucky, which yeah. is interesting. Um, I, I, maybe it has to do with the time of year. I, oftentimes, if you were to look at where it's been at uh, in the scope of things, usually in more Indiana, Ohio area, maybe a little cooler, a little further north, but I don't think you can find anywhere too cool in the last weekend in July, right, the third weekend in July. There. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's pretty, it's pretty warm that time of year, about anywhere. And I have been to a couple of youth nationals that have been very, very warm. The two warm or hottest uh, events that I can remember was Oklahoma was one of them. The first time we went out to, um, it was actually on the Missouri side, I believe there at uh, the Seneca. Cummings, Seneca. Yeah. Uh, it was hot that weekend, yeah. but the first one I remember was so warm was in uh, uh, Madison, North Carolina. Mm, I, I remember Saturday there we had a big tent outside. It was at the Dan River Coon Club, same place where they have Southern English Days. Right, same club. Uh, it was like over a hundred degrees under that tent. I was so worried about Bacon. these. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of these kids are hunting. You know hunting dogs that are maybe older and some of them are not in the very best of shape, maybe just older dogs, you know, not hunted all that much. I was concerned about that, but we didn't have any incidents or anything like that. So, but yeah, kids are tough. They uh, are They're resilient. Prob- yep. Probably <laughs> tougher than we are in some cases, you know, yeah. and, and some of those old dogs are pretty tough too. That's right. Yeah. Hey, yeah. You mentioned Madison, North Carolina. That's uh, so, uh, just talk about the numbers of where it's been real quick. I thought people might find this interesting. Been in Ohio and Indiana seven times each, and in North Carolina and West Virginia two times each. I think both of the West Virginia ones have been here within the past six or seven years, just more recently, where it was in Madison, North Carolina twice over like a four-year span a few right. few years back. Right. And then glad to add uh, Kentucky to the list here with yeah. Missouri, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, and Tennessee that have hosted it one time each. And yeah. Not only is the host club really excited, but the whole state of Kentucky is excited to have this major event there, you know, this major youth event there. They always have a really successful state youth championship uh, right after Autumn Oaks every year. I know they're always going around and, and hitting up the vendors at Autumn Oaks, getting ready for their youth championship. And uh, the whole state puts a lot of effort into the youth, and I think that they're going to put a lot of effort, and there's a lot of excitement around this event being there in the state of Kentucky. Yeah, we, you and I uh, spoke with one of the club officers or club member anyways, I think at one of the breed hunts here several or like a month ago, maybe Redbone Days, I think. And That's you right. could tell they're, they're excited to have it. And uh, uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Not like I said, not only the local area and the host club, but also we had I had a call just recently from Doug Johnson, who's the president of the Kentucky Houndsman Association. They're going to be there set up telling about the Kentucky Houndsman Association and what they do. They're a really active state association. They are. They're uh, kind of a model. We've, they are. Yeah, they are a model association. Sure are. Yeah, and I hope to I hope to uh, squeeze out some time to talk with Doug, maybe for an episode of this podcast, and talk about what they do in the state of Kentucky and and spread some of that information. That'd for be great. Other state associations to hear kind of what they're doing there. They're they're really successful at what they do, and they're they're good at what they do. Um, but they're there. They're going to be trying to get. I think he was trying to figure out how to help advance the event, whether they give out prizes or or something there. And it sounded like also the state DNR is going to be there, so they'll have a presence there for good answer a lot of questions yeah. so it's going to be a neat event yeah yeah and it, it, like you said it gets started on friday night uh friday is the only a, a night hunt it's a licensed night hunt it starts at 7 p.m deadline that's the deadline to get entered uh ten dollar entry fee and it should be a 90 minute hunt yeah for the all these 23 years the uh, the fees have always been 10 bucks yep hasn't that hasn't changed 90 minute hunts so an hour and a half and it was you mentioned it was in tennessee one year and then when we were in tennessee it was pretty warm there too and i remember the time we used to hunt two hours yeah and that's the first it was really hot on that weekend and i remember some parents were a little concerned wanted to see about doing an hour hunt instead a matter of fact uh the event organizers or the host club was really kind of pushing for one hour there and um i remember uh we did the one hour hunt on friday night and uh in uh opening ceremonies i told the kids I said, hey, let's do this one-hour hunt this tonight, and tomorrow let's uh, reconvene, and let's get some thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts, you know. And, and uh, the next day there were some kids that they really wanted to keep that two hours, you know, regardless of how hot it was. We were more concerned probably with the younger kids. Sure. You know? yep. and, uh, uh, but uh, in, after that meeting, uh, had a lot of uh, a lot of kids spoke up about it, and I remember some of those conversations we had still, and uh, that's where the ninety minute hunts were born. So we ended up with a middle of the road, and that's where the ninety minutes came well, from there know. forward. I yep. guess I didn't know that. Yeah. I've, I've heard a bit of that story, but yeah. that's interesting. I did not know that. Yep. Well, hey, so for this one here, it's an open event. We take we, there's no pre entries. We've taken all the entries there on the grounds, and there's no qualifications that have to happen. You don't have any have right. to have any certain amount of cast wins or to qualify at any events. Just go there and sign up. Yep, just be there. If you're between the ages of five and seventeen, you're eligible to hunt and show at the Youth Nationals. Come on, that's right. And I real quickly want to mention who's going to be our master hound. That's going to be Jamie Estep, one of our field reps. He's from Elkin, West Virginia. And you'd be hard pressed to find a guy who's more supportive of the youth over the past, you know. That's right. Two he's decades he's been to a lot of events. He's had uh, Drew was he he took Drew to a lot of those uh, youth nationals before, and and he's got a lot of experience with it, and he's been at a lot of them, and he'll be he'll be perfect for that role. Yeah, I remember at youth nationals last year, uh, we were in Ohio. We weren't too awful far from this place, and I just got I got Mark Bear to do it, who was just down the road from us, and. Jamie, he was hurt. He was yeah. like, I would have came and done it for free. Just yeah. So yeah. I, I went ahead and penciled him in. Kentucky's a little bit of the drive, but he is. Uh, he, he wants to get out there and he wants to help the youth best he can. So we sure appreciate that. And Jamie he's great with youth too. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about the hunt format. Yeah, um, you break it up in a couple different divisions based on age. So those are what, 5 to 12? Yep, that's They're a junior division. Junior division. And then the 13 to 17-year-olds, they draw out together. That's right. And that's the senior division. Yeah, the dogs' titles or anything like that doesn't matter. All that matters is the kid, the kid's age who's entering the hunt. So yep. it doesn't matter if they're hunting a registered or champion dog. They're all going to draw out together based on the handler's age. Yeah, twelve and under will be drawn against each other, and the 
12 to 17 in the, the other category. That's right. But what about uh, the hunt? So we do 10 places still, right? That's right. On Friday night and Saturday night That's in the hunt. Right. We'll but then you're going to combine those two, right? To, to get scores. our overall winners. That's right. right. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there soon. But yes, each night there, we're going to be uh, uh, do a first through 10th place each night. So we'll do our Friday awards on Saturday uh, and uh, award the kids with their placements, get their pictures taken and all that good thing. And one good thing about this, and, and with a lot of our youth programs, it's kind of redundant at this point, but to shout out Ray Conrad with Bright Eyes Lights and the contribution he makes, everybody who finishes 1st through 10th um, in the night hunt, either on Friday or Saturday night, is going to get a brand new Bright Eyes Light by Ray Conrad donated. And they're going to like that. It's a good light, too. Absolutely. So that's kind of Friday night. Friday night is kind of the short, the short night for us uh, to get us ready for Saturday, which is kind of the longer one. Uh, so starting out Saturday, we've kind of moved stuff around a little bit. Uh, we did have the uh, the bench show stuff and seminar earlier in the day. Um, I don't know. We weren't getting a ton of the hunt kids from the night before. Uh, maybe this won't affect that any. I'm not sure. But we decided to push it back a little bit, give the kids more time to rest. And uh, but but so so that'll be starting later in the day. But the day's gonna start out early with the the host club's gonna be doing some uh, just kind of some some yard games out there. Uh, they're going to have cornhole stuff going on. There's going to be other yard games, and also they plan on doing a squalling contest and a treeing contest from the sounds of it. So that'll be fun stuff. And kind of uh, the UKC stuff gets started at 2 o'clock when we can start our bench show seminar, which has kind of been a great deal. Um, the past few years, I've, I've said it before, I've learned a lot from the bench show seminars, uh, some really good judges up there uh, interacting with the kids and giving a lot of good pointers. And this year, our bench show judge who's leading the seminar as well is going to be Kayla Cooper of Billingsley, Alabama. Uh, she's coming up and she's going to be doing our seminar and judging our show for and us. And she'll be good at it. She's very knowledgeable. Uh, she is, she does a whole lot with her dogs. I don't think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody in the country that, that participates or puts her dogs in more different UKC events. I'm talking about water, not just water races, night hunts and field trials, bench shows, but confirmation and, agility and hunt tests and just everything that we have she has titles on her dogs that you and i don't even know what they are <laughs> absolutely that's absolutely right and and she's taking this serious you know i've had some conversations oh, yeah. with her and she's uh, she's bringing some different materials i, I assume she's going to have some sort of uh, presentation put together it sounds mm -hmm. like so it's going to be really uh instructive and and i i can't uh i can't ask you guys enough to be there and, and listen to what she says. You're going to learn a lot from it. Um, parents, guardians, if you're there, come by and swing by and, and you may learn something from it as well. It's going to be good stuff. I and that's going to be it. at two o'clock on Saturday. That's right. Uh, immediately, or I, I say immediately following the seminar, I don't know if it'll last an hour or not. Um, that's, that's a long time for a presentation. Uh, but we're going to say we're going to do our Spotlight Series Award, which we talked about back um, on episode 57. We talked about our spotlight series standings, who finished where, and we're actually going to recognize those kids, the top five in each of the divisions in both the night hunt and the bench show segments. We're going to recognize them at 3 o'clock there uh, after the bench show seminar. Uh, we're they got certificates, and, and the overall winners are going to get their, their goodies, and we're just going to recognize them in front of their peers while hopefully everybody's still there gathered and we have a good crowd uh, to cheer them on. That's always a fun little deal to do that for, for those winners for sure. Yeah. And and speaking of Spotlight Series event, you know it's so Spotlight. So the this year's started on June first, as far as the Spotlight Series goes. Um, there's been a few events already, but this is always a major kicking off point because it's one of the first double points events, if not the first double points event. I'd have to look at the calendar, but 
there's a lot of points that are going to be handed out this weekend, both in the Nihon and especially the bench show, because mm-hmm. there's so many different winners with the age classes. Mm-hmm. So you're going to uh, get, get those out there points and get right those in your series. right in your age class already. That's right. And this, uh, so like I said, double points for for Night Hunt cast wins and for uh, right. winning your age class. So get out there for that. And then we have our uh, non-licensed bench show. And uh, we'll talk about it being non-licensed real quick. It's 4 p.m. deadline and a $10 entry fee. Um, and it kind of switched over to a non-license. It's been in the past uh, six, seven, eight years probably. Something like that, I would say, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and the way that it works now is that each of the kids are drawn out, not by their dog's titles or sex or age or any of that. None of that matters. You're broken up by the kid's age. So first we'll have in our five-year-old uh, handlers to come in and show against each other. We'll pick a, first, a winner to advance on. We we give uh, actually awards to the top three in each age class. Your your overall five-year-old winner is going to get a trophy. Second place is going to get a ribbon. Third place is going to get a ribbon. Uh, so on and so forth. And you're going to pick a winner from each age all the way from five to 17. And that's pretty cool. It is. It is. It's always to, fun seeing how they advance from five to, yeah. to 12 and then – there's some tough cl- there's gonna be some tough classes they Kayla's are. gonna have her, her work cut out for her. she will but you we mentioned the seminar you know and the other thing that the kids want to be in the seminar because she's going to talk about what she's going to be looking for when she's Absolutely. judging the kids and uh, you mentioned it being non-licensed you're probably going to get into that in a little bit but she is going to put a lot of emphasis on judging the kids kind of like right. a 4-h thing more so than judging dogs and she'll be judging the dogs to a degree but uh just because uh somebody it's not going to be solely the dog. A lot of it is going to be the the kid's handling skills, you know. So she's going to talk about what she's going to be looking for, and that's why the kids want to be there so they hear that. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun little show to watch uh, that. And and the other things, too, is, in, and this is a good time to, to remind these kids again, you don't always have to have the best or the nicest-looking dog. What you want to do is wor- uh, do your homework at home. Get your dogs to lead well and gate well and trot when I mean gate, you know, you want your dog to not just walk, but you want your dog to trot. A nice little trot is what she's going to be looking for for and for any show, you know, in the when they do all the gating, but just things like that. Get your dog up on the bench and make sure it will relax and hold still and you don't want a dog that just wants to jump off and things like that, but use the dog you have at home and do your homework is going to get you far in the bench shows. That's right. So so uh kind of the way that to finish off how the, how the show works five to 12 year olds are going to come back after we're done with the 17 year olds and we're going to pick a junior national championship a champion from that from that group each of age, age winners age age winner will show against the other age winners right yep. and then the 13 to 17 year old age winners are going to come back and we'll crown a senior uh, bench show champion from that and honestly when it gets down to the nitty-gritty of that stuff um like you said there she's basing it uh, some on the the handler and the showmanship side of it some on the dog but if it's pretty close, she's going to be testing your knowledge as well. It's, I've, yeah. I've been to a few of these shows, and and she's going to be peppering you with a couple of questions. So, uh, like Alan said, do a little bit of homework beforehand. Kind of uh, be familiar with, uh, I guess, gating techniques on on what patterns you're going to uh, be familiar with. What they call patterns, maybe be familiar with your uh, dog's breed standards, especially especially the breed of dog that you're showing is a good idea to be familiar with their breed standards and their anatomy. That's a good little secret to give the kids, you know, yeah. uh, read some of that stuff and, and you know, like the, the breed that you're showing, you can go into the rule book or go online and look up the breed standards and look at what the history is behind your breed. You never know what she might ask you, but most of what she will ask you, you can probably find and you can probably read in those standards. That's right. 
the anatomy of the of the the hounds are, are right there in the rule book. She's not going to be asking you where their ear is. Yeah, something like that. She's going to ask you some of the stuff and terminology that's you know, directly from the exactly. The rule book. Where's the loin? Where's the stop? Where's the hocks? And a lot of different things like that. Familiarize yourself with that. Learn that stuff. Yeah, if if you can uh, if you can uh, just work on a few of those things, you'll be tough to beat once yeah. you get there. Yeah, at least be in contention. So. Well, we, we talked about uh, each age winners. We talked about what they're going to get. They're going to get a trophy. We're going to give second and third in the age class for ribbons. And then let's talk about what we do for their uh, overall national champions. And they actually get a national championship trophy, and also they'll get an embroidered jacket also. We'll have to order it after the fact to make sure we have correct sizes, and we also embroider it with the kid's name and their achievement. So uh, we'll get that inf- information for the winners there and get that out to you after the event as soon as we can. And uh it's all a, all a real good deal, and it's it's an enjoyable show, like you said. Um, it's always a great time out there seeing the kids and the progression, and especially seeing kids advance from year to year as they attain more knowledge and and just grow more confident. And it's, yeah, it's and I really deal. like it. You know, when you have it separated with the younger kids uh, and not showing against the older kids, you know, and they're they're just it's they're just showing against the kids their own skill set and. Yeah, we do have an overall junior, you know, where the six and seven year old class winners are going to have to show against the 11 and 12 year olds. But that age difference isn't the same as those kids showing against a 16 or a 17 year olds. Yeah. It's just hard for them to compete against that. But in this, um, it's it's a pretty cool show to watch. Yeah. And and I guess while we're here, we and we're just to tie up the, the show portion of it here. We we probably filled a few calls each year about why is the show like this? Why is it non-licensed? Um uh, you know, we'd like to earn points, that sort of thing. And and I think the original intent behind behind it is is for good reason. Uh, not every kid has access to the same caliber of dog. Um, you know, there's people in some parts of the country that have world-renowned show dogs right down the road from them. And they could come with three, four, five dogs that have won at Autumn Oaks in the world, and they could get up there and and put really no effort into it, into into training their dog or to you know bonding with the dog or and that sort of thing. Working with them, right? And could get up there and that thing gates perfectly, stands yeah. like a statue. You don't have to do anything but stand there behind it and and smile. And then you have a, another kid who's kind of worked hard and to to break their dog and and uh, and just quality may be different. You don't know, but I think there's good reasons behind why the show was implemented. And I think it works for this event. Yeah, and the reason we don't license the show is because it's not a, they're judging more than just the dog and not just the dog alone, you know, and that's uh it's more than just a dog show. It's it's really set up more like a 4H type of deal. Yeah. But now the one thing it does do that's different from a regular show where a kid could go to their state show or what have you, they could show several different dogs in this. They'll only be able to show one dog, you know, and then they'll show that one in the, you know, if they win those, they'll show that dog again. But here's a good question to bring up is can a kid, let's say, let's say I have two kids. One is in the junior division and the other one is in the senior division. Can both of my kids show the same dog at the youth national show? You can. And it's happened. Um, we, we have, I can think off the top of my head, the Elburns are a good example. You know, there's a whole a whole herd of them that are going to be there and there's only so many dogs to go around so it's not uncommon for for one to be shown More in the junior division in the senior division so <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah it happens and uh and uh nothing nothing against that at all so yeah now that would be just in the from from the junior division to the uh to the senior division that's right can't show the same dog twice in the same in the same division that's but, that's correct. yeah Absolutely. And then getting back to the hunt after the, the now, I don't know o'clock. what they're going to do. If both kids win the, 
The uh, well, no, no, they'll never show against That's each correct. other. Yeah, yeah for the overall, show. right? Yeah. I was going to say that could create a problem, but I guess we won't even have that problem. You'd have to arm wrestle right. for the win or something. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that kind of wraps up our, our show. That's 4 p.m. deadline, $10 entry fee there on Saturday. And then it, after the show's over, not too long after that, we have the night hunt at 7 p.m., uh, $10 entry fee again, hour and a half hunt, and uh, night number two. Uh, like you said earlier, and we'll talk about how we crown overall winners now, let's start out with the senior division. But before we talk about that, is we I mentioned that uh, they place in each night, Friday night's hunt and Saturday night's hunt. We They draw out in the two different age groups, you know, the younger division and the older division, they draw out. But then their scores, they place first through 10th on Friday night and first through 10th on Saturday in those uh, each of those hunts based on their score. And it doesn't matter uh, from which division. That's those right. They'll place their – you're going to consider scores from both divisions. That's correct. The place in that top 10. Yeah, that is correct. But then for the overall, that's something different. Yeah, so so to crown – and it's a little bit different how we, how we crown our senior division night hunt winner and our junior division night hunt winner. Uh, for our senior night hunt champion – We'll take the four. Uh, we'll, we're going to have a final cast late on Saturday night after the first round. Gets, uh, first round's done and all the casts are back in. Uh, we'll first, to, to make up our final cast of four dogs, we'll first take our double cast winners uh, with the highest scores combined. Friday right. and Saturday night's hunt. Yeah, if we don't have enough to, to fill the four, which we oftentimes do, but if we don't, then we'll go to single night, uh, high, high score cast win mm-hmm. to, to finish out the rest of it. Um, it's very, yeah, very simple. Yeah, that's uh, just in the yeah. just in the senior division. Now the junior division, you don't have a hunt off, do you? That's right. Uh, real quick before we get there, uh, the yeah. rest of the senior division, uh, and this is what they're going to be competing for. Uh, first place in the senior division is going to get a three thousand dollar tuition award, a national championship trophy, and an embroidered jacket. And second through fourth, uh, all get the same thing. Actually, two thousand dollar tuition award and a final cast plaque. So uh, nine thousand dollars handed out there in in. Uh, scholarship money on that fi- on that senior cast final four a lot to hunt for that night and uh like you said in the junior division we just recently made this change last year just because we, we used to have a final cast for the juniors but you're talking about kids five to, to 12 and oftentimes uh they're they're younger you know they're mm-hmm. it's it's late they've more than likely been playing all day long in the 90 degree heat and they're flat wore out by the time that final cast rolls around and they're dragging little too much yeah little too much so we've decided just to uh, purely base it off a of score. As so, we're going to crown our junior not uh, junior national hunt champion by the highest combined double cast win. And if we don't have a double cast winner, then we'll go by the single not highest score mm-hmm. if necessary. There's no late round. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. And the winner, our uh, junior national champion, is going to get a thousand dollar scholarship tuition award and national championship trophy and an embroidered jacket. Good yeah. way to start out your yeah. uh, your quest towards uh, your your. Uh, after high school, yeah. uh, uh, college, university, trade, trade school, school, what have you. With yeah. $1, let's in let's your talk bank. about that a little bit, about that uh, continuing education tuition prize. It's a little different than most of them. You know, you, okay, it's it's a total of 10000 that we divvy up, 9000 to the seniors and 1000 to the junior winner here. Uh, but we don't actually give them a check or anything like that at the national. Let's talk about how that works. Yeah, so each year we give out the $10,000 in our tuition awards and the way it works is it, it's really simple. I actually just, just did it this past week. Judd Koshko, who won our 2021 Youth Nationals, emailed me in. He said, hey, I'm just about to start school. Uh, all I needed from him, from him was an invoice from his, I think he's going to, to lineman school. Just need an invoice from the school that he's going to. 
I, in turn, forwarded it to our accounting department, gave him the information from his win and how much money he was allotted from, from his win. Right. And uh, our accountant mailed a check directly to the, the school that Judd's attending, and there you go. There you go. And they don't have to do the full amount right away or That's in, correct. in one sum. They can do a partial Whatever that, whatever it is that they would like, and we'll send that amount, and uh, and can be in in a couple different uh, portions. The the one caveat you'll see on our event ad where it talks about the tuition prizes is it must be redeemed by the twenty first twenty first birthday. Right. On or before then, if it's unused, it reverts back to yeah. the UKC Youth Fund. And we do have several kids that have that have earned this uh, tuition money that never did uh, never did seek out any uh, any schooling after after high school, you know, and and uh, didn't take advantage of it. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a neat little, a neat little thing for them. And, and, uh, Hey, when the, those kids that, uh, that earn those, uh, scholarships or that, uh, tuition money, we'll give them all the information they need. Alan, we both had Dalter Pathfinder twos now for a little while. What do you think about yours? I'm liking mine. One of the things I had the opportunity to now download a map of an area where I did not have service, and I've used it there, and it has worked flawlessly. I love it. Yeah, I love the crystal clear maps. I love that I never lose reception on my dog's collars anymore. Highly recommended by me as well. Dogtra Pathfinder 2, the official GPS collar partner of UKC. All right, well, let's, hey, let's move on to the next part of that. If, if you're looking at the Youth Nationals ad, the next part you'll see there is talking about our participation waivers. And uh, we've tried to do a lot better job about this, covering all the bases. Um, and with them being youth especially, it's important that we have a signed waiver for each individual. Uh, so that way we have uh, consent to use them for media purposes. Obviously, we're going to have people there on site taking pictures or maybe videos of the events and that sort of thing. And those will be posted on our website. We, we want to uh, showcase the youth out there having fun and that sort of thing. And then also there's just a, an entry waiver form that you'll find on all of our major event entries with just the, the regular verbiage that you'll see on all that stuff. And it's it's right there in the ad. Uh, it's on our website. It's on the, but we'll also have them printed out. We'll have a bunch of them there at the event that you can uh, get signed while you're there. Yeah, that's right. And that's a good thing just to have everybody covered. Yeah. It's good Absolutely. for us, good for them, good for everybody. So, hey, we've been we've been starting to get a lot of calls about Youth National. So, hey, let's answer some of the stuff that we've been getting a lot of calls about. Lodging First thing is, is lodging. One, right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, with it being there at their clubhouse, they don't have any uh, water or electrical hookups, but there are, there is plenty of room for a primitive camping, according to Mark Brockman, who's uh, who's our contact for, for the club here, the one I've been dealing with directly. Um, I asked him about local campgrounds in the area. Uh, he mentioned the KOA campground in Shepherdsville. It's only 24 miles away, so that may be an alternative for you. And then he mentioned camping on Nolan Lake, which is a little bit further. It's like 45 miles away, but it's supposed to be super nice, uh, kind of secluded yeah. kind of place. So maybe an option if you, yeah. if you don't mind driving a little bit. Yeah, it depends on the family, you know. It's yeah. uh, like you said, you know, the events don't really start Saturday until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So you have some options there for sure. Yeah. Mentioned a couple of Airbnbs. I know some folks like Airbnbs, you know, in the area, and I'm sure there's some of those as well. Yeah. Hey, it's a, it's a really busy area, Elizabethtown. There's a lot of food options there's a lot of lodging options as far as hotels go uh we kind of heard that the the hotel situation may not be the best i mean it may be pricey for whatever reason right. um we we uh us ukc we decided to go with an airbnb i think that's 20 minutes away from right from the clubhouse and there's probably some areas around there just because there's so many it, you know it's a it's a bigger city and also there's uh some natural parks and things around that that would give people reason to have an airbnb around there that may so maybe an option for you at yeah. least check it out yep food is another 
food is always another item that you uh, that you need. They'll have food at the grounds for a kitchen will be open while the while the event's going on at the grounds. But also the town, there's a lot of restaurants in town. It's a big town. E-Town's a big town right off the main highway there. And, and I have all kinds of places to eat in town. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, besides that, uh, they're going to have a couple vendors on site. I'm not sure exactly who. I think last time I talked to him, he said J.R. Gray is going to be there with his with his vendor business, you maybe come get so maybe oh Willie will be there. I'll tell Jr. to bring yeah. Willie and get your picture with a world champion, something <laughs> something like that. But yeah. uh, uh, it's it's a uh, Elizabethtown is is very centrally located and it's very close to uh, Louisville, which obviously is a big city. So there's a lot of stuff going on, and I know it's a long weekend, and you know, it, I, so I decided just to jot down a few different yeah. activities that may happen. You know, we're only 45 minutes away from Louisville. Um, I asked Mark about some of the places around that he may recommend kids do. Uh, he talked about the Louisville Zoo, supposed to be a really nice zoo there. He mentioned the Bernheim Forest. You know, I'm not familiar yeah, with I that, but it's supposed that, to yeah. be a really nice natural park. Yeah. Uh, there's an activity center in Shepherdsville, which is uh, halfway to Louisville, so it's a lot closer drive, and I think they have all the natural stuff, arcade and maybe mini golf and, and golf and uh, uh, go-karts and that sort of thing. So a fun afternoon event for a family. I can get into some go go kart <laughs> racing still. Absolutely, <laughs> I'll race any kid that wants to race. <laughs> and, and I wrote, I'm, I'm a, a baseball fan. I, I've been right there near Louisville, the Louisville Slugger Museum, and the history behind that yeah. organization be uh, would fun. be really cool to go to. Yeah. And I added one here: Mammoth Caves. Uh, Nicole uh, ECO said, "Lecky, who was our vice president, it's going to be here at Youth Nationals, and I guess she's already booked a tour for us to go through Mammoth Caves, which mm. is." 55 miles away so give that a yeah. give that a look i guess i'll be looking at that yeah. myself so but hey if you have any questions there about goes Youth your Nationals, louisville slugger museum though <laughs> yeah we're going to be spelunking instead yeah. so yeah. um but hey if you have any questions about youth nationals about anything that we didn't cover or maybe we're unclear on for you hey just give us a call in the hunting office department reach out to us by email or chat us in and we can point you in the right direction uh, yep. any questions you have Yep. Mark your calendars, July 21st and 22nd, Friday, Saturday, working on those hounds, get them out in the, get them out in the woods, get practiced up for it and practice for showing in the shows and get ready for a good time at E-Town. Absolutely. Well, Hey, let's shift gears a little bit. We, we, uh, recently went through our Coonhound Hall of Fame list. Um, on this episode, I knew that youth nationals would take a while to, to hash it out. So just wanted a smaller, little segment here on the back end and decided uh, to kind of update our list. You know, the last one we went through was from February and we talked about how we were going to go through them as they got added. So mm-hmm. uh, this list is from May 24th, which is, a, it was last updated on the website at that time. And we added a few dogs here. Uh, and first let's talk about the two new grand night champion hall of fame dogs. So these dogs got our hall of fame title in our night hunt segment. Um, and that brings the total to 18 total uh, grand night champion hall of fame dogs and a couple of uh, well-known dogs here getting this uh, final achievement for him here. The first one is Grand Champion, Grand Knight Champion Hall of Fame, PR Sycamore Sandy HTX4. Uh, Sandy's a black and tan coonhound female, and she was born in June of 2015. Mr. Walter Buddy Carley of Lawley, Alabama owns Sandy. Yeah, it seems like he is a, she is a consistent cast winner. Uh, just wherever he, doesn't matter where at, whether it's North Carolina, Tennessee, or Indiana, uh, it seems she is a, cast winning fool old sandy there so yeah she's achieved the hall of fame and uh good for mr carly there she is off of grand night champion carly's sycamore mose and sycamore screaming maggie is her mother uh and cecil carly was the breeder on record 37 grand night champion wins here to, to earn that hall of fame title yeah sandy i know i know he had a, an issue with her around 
one of the major events. There was a reason he couldn't enter into either the TOC or the world or something. I remember talking I think it was to the TOC. She got chewed on by right. some house dogs. Like I was on a tree too close to a house or something. I think some house dogs came yeah. out and she got chewed on a little bit yeah. and got got roughed up pretty yeah. good. And yeah. I'm glad to see she's back and she got her Grand Hot yeah. Champion Hall of Fame title. Hey, this next one's a cover dog here, one we've all heard of a lot. Yeah, I'd say that he's a, a pretty familiar uh, name for a lot of folks, and that's National Grand Knight Champion, Grand Champion, Grand Knight Champion Hall of Fame, Redneck Backwood Shack. Stream Walker male, born in February 2013, owned by Cheyenne Cummings of Seneca, Missouri. Yeah, this dog is off of Redneck Mafia, a dog that was also studded, owned and studded out there by the Cummingses. And uh, Grand Knight Champion Rats High Country Ann is his dam. Uh, bred by Mr. David Greiner, I think from Oklahoma, I think David is. 37 Grand Knight Champion wins, earned the degree in March of 2023, Old Shack. 2019 Autumn Oaks National Grand Knight Champion. My first yep. Autumn Oaks I got to go uh, to as an uh, employee of UKC. I'll yep. never forget that hunt. World final cast in, I don't know, 2018, maybe 2019, something like that. 2017, somewhere in there. Well, we had one dog make Grand Water Champion Hall of Fame for the, only the third dog to ever. ever Not do Lee it, Hogan, so. is it? Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Another Lee Hogan dog, yeah. and uh, one that has a whole buku of titles here, and that's Knight Champion, Grandfield Champion Two, Grand Water Champion Hall of Fame, Grand Champion Two, Hogan's Cujo HTX, a blue tick male, born in July of 2018, owned by Mr. Lee Hogan of Rudolph, Wisconsin. Yeah, it seems like we talked about him with one of his. He has a show Hall of Fame dog as well. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, he puts his dogs in all of the events, field trials, water races, night hunts, shows, everything. But this dog is sired by night champion Meadow Valley Yodler, and the dam is Grand Water Champion, Grand Night Champion, Grand Champion, Hogan's Jazz HTX2, bred by Lee Hogan. Uh, 40 Grand Water Champion wins earned the degree in May of 2023. Yeah, we talked about Ruby a lot. She's actually a Grand Field Champion Hall of Fame and a Grand Champion Hall of Fame. And uh, I hate to be to to kind of put a spoiler alert out there, but it's not going to be the last time we say his name on this podcast. Yeah, okay. So, uh, and we'll, we have no new Grand Field Champion Hall of Fame, still just the one Grand Field Champion, which is the Ruby dog. But we did add 10 new Grand Champion Hall of Fame dogs to our uh, Hall of Fame show titled dogs. Um, the first one here is going to be Confirmation Champion, Grand Champion Hall of Fame, Creekside's Running Man of Woodwind. Um, this is a black and tan coonhound male born in March of 2012, owned by Linda Pinchek, Mary Lynn Jensen, and Dennis Pinchek of Merritt Island, Florida. Mm, mm, yeah, bred by uh, Linda and Jan. Uh, 40 Grand Champion wins here, earned the degree in March of 2023. Now, I don't have the sire and dam listed for this dog here, but... Uh... Yeah, congratulations. Uh, moving on to the next one here, another dog that we talk about a lot here, Grand Field Champion, Water Champion, Confirmation Champion, Grand Champion Hall of Fame, Soap Creek, Mr. Moose, Spot. Uh, American Leopard Hound male, born in January of 2021, owned by Chuck and Lucas Slattery of Spring City, Tennessee. Yeah, Chuck has done a lot of winning with this dog, and it, the dog is off of Meeks, Georgia Cracker, and the name is Meeks, Georgia Little Ginger. Uh, bred by Mr. Lamar Meeks there in Georgia. 41 grand champion wins earned the degree in April of this year. Two-year-old dog still, so still a lot of life left for that one. Uh, moving on to the next one here. We got grand field champion, water champion, confirmation grand champion, grand night champion, grand champion hall of fame, psycho blue spider HTX. Lee Hogan again. 
<laughs> well, the titles may give it away there. Uh, this is a blue tick that male. And, that and blue. <laughs> yeah. A blue tick male born in March of 2014, owned by Lee Hogan of Rudolph, Wisconsin. Yeah, sired by a dog I'm familiar with. Confirmation champion, Grandwater champion, Grand Knight champion, Grand Field champion, Grand champion, Mad Dog Psycho Sid. And the dam is Grand Champion Rocky Hills Whiskey Lullaby Bred by Lisa uh, Brooks of Wisconsin. 40 Grand Champion wins earned in March of 2023. We have a new English uh, coonhound on our list here. It's Confirmation Champion, Grand Champion Hall of Fame, Southeastern's Kentucky Mountain Sweet Dreams. The female, born in June of 2016, owned by Rhonda Brown and Hunter Booth of Walnut Cove, North Carolina. Yeah, Hunter Booth is a young... Uh, handler from uh new york i believe is where he's at and he shows a lot of dogs good good little ha good handler uh dog is off of world show champion night champion confirmation champion grand champion hall of fame kentucky mountain diamond cutter the sire the dam is grand champion white rock mountain red dixie bred by uh ronda brown 41 grand champion wins total on the dog's uh uh record uh earned the degree in march of 2023 our next dog on our list here is Grand Champion Hall of Fame Diggy's Blue Ridge Mountain Rudy. The plot male, born in January 2020, owned by Katie Allison of Hudson, North Carolina. Yeah, another off another world champion. This time, uh, a world show champion, RG, or that is, what is RGCH? Uh, Ruby Grand Ruby Grand, Grand that's it. Yep. And Grand Champion 3 PR, my dog, I'm calling Dibs, HTX2. And the dam is Grand Champion 4, Confirmation Champion PR Suncrest, Significant Promise. That was bred by the late Becky Church. Uh, 40 Grand Champion wins, earned the degree in March of this year. Well, the breeds are kind of well represented here. we got another new new breed. Uh, this one here is Confirmation Champion, Grand Champion Hall of Fame, Circle C, Sinister Karma HGX, which is a red bone. Uh, female, born in March of 2013, owned by Megan Chadwick of Lavalette. West Virginia. Yeah, this dog is sired by Magic Mountain Ruger and off of Nutter's Mystical Rain is the mother bred by Sarah Nutter. 40 grand champion wins earned in March of 2023. Sinister Karma. Got a few different Walker dogs here to, to shout out. Um, we got Emerald Grand Confirmation Champion, Grand Champion Hall of Fame, Second Wins, Sexy and Silk. A Trian Walker female born in June of 2018, owned by Beth Jenkins of Culpeper, Virginia. Yes, out of a Florida dog. Second Wind's Impressive Playboy, and the dam is Second Wind's Destiny's Child, bred by Janice Hunter from Florida. Uh, 45 Grand Champion wins to date uh, March of uh, 2023 earned this Hall of Fame degree. Next, we got Grand Champion Hall of Fame Bowman and Starcher Locked and Loaded Mav. Trian Walker male born in February of 2019. Owned by Jennifer Starcher of Longbottom, Ohio. Yeah, again, uh, out of Second Wind's Impressive Playboy and Second Wind's Amber Bach is the mother this time, also bred by Janice Hunter. 41 wins uh, earned in April of 2023. Jennifer Starcher's won, uh, now that we're on the Youth Nationals, she's one that's competed at our Youth Nationals, did good there, and yeah. here she is uh, with a Hall of Fame dog. There you go. Congratulations, Jennifer. Uh, next, we got Grand Champion Hall of Fame, Herlock's Slick and Wild Fly. Trian Walker female, born in January of 2017, owned by Regina Herlock of Parker, Kansas. Uh, yeah, out of water champion, field champion, grand champion, lunatic, son of a preacher man, and the dam is grand champion, lunatic, super hot dot, uh, bred by Kay Haley. Kay Haley was actually one of our judges that judged Youth National several years ago. Oh, yeah. uh, was, I think, the second she judged the show, the second time we had the new format, did a great job. 
Uh, 40 grand champion wins on this dog here. Slick and wild fly earned the degree in April of 2023. And the last one we're going to, uh, to talk about today is actually a new dual hall of fame champion. And that's grand champion hall of fame, grand night champion hall of fame, Caldwell Southern bell HGX two. Pretty impressive. Tree and Walker female born in March of 2018 owned by Mr. Phil Roberts and Kelly Kosh of Clarksville, Georgia. Yeah, this dog is off of Dowdy's Etowah River Fat Boy and Dowdy's Etowah River Jenny, bred by James Dowdy. 40 grand champion wins to date, earned in April of 2023. Dual Hall of Fame, show and the hunt. Very impressive. Yep. A lot of running up and down the roads for Phil. But, uh, yeah, so congratulations to all of these uh, Hall of Fame uh, owners and handlers and, and uh, very nice. I just want to say real quick, hey, I appreciate everybody who came up to us both as we're on the road. You hear a lot about people talking about the podcast. They're enjoying the podcast, uh, especially the rules segments. And uh, this week we're playing kind of double duty. We're planning on uh, taping another uh, podcast this week where we're going to answer a bunch of your rules questions. We've been gathering up some of the different ones that you've sent in by email or maybe even in person or over the phone and kind of putting together kind of a rule specific mailbag. And I'm kind of looking forward to doing that. And, yeah, uh, me too. I like talking about rules. So I yeah. enjoy those questions like that. That'll be one to bookmark and, and, uh, and to do some studying on whenever you're heading to an event or something. But, uh, yeah, we have a, we have a few different irons in the fire on the Coonhound side. Um, we do. Uh, we had some, we've had some good meetings the past couple of weeks about some new things and, uh, uh, I think we've got a lot of good stuff on the horizon, and I appreciate you guys tuning in with us. Thank you for listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. Be sure to give us a follow so you don't miss any of our new episodes or content. 